Hey guys, I'm Danny. And I'm EJ. And this is the Your Living Proof Podcast. Where we talk about addiction and how it affects the family, from the brutal to the beautiful and everything in between. Hey guys, just popping in. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I just wanted to say it. I will never say that again. If I do, somebody can find me and punch me straight in the throat. All right, okay? in your nose. Um, you guys. So you got to start over. No. Is that it? No, I'm moving on. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> Welcome to episode three. Episode three is here, and we're totally pumped because we get to talk about something that has been really like the foundation for our relationship, but also it is the foundation for our company, uh, Your Living Proof. So um, I'm just going to let it out there. It is our mantra. It is called Our Secrets Keep Us Sick. And maybe you're like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Or maybe you're like, yeah, duh. But um, I really want to talk about, we're going to talk about what that means for us in our our family life and our marriage. But I really want uh, Mr. Living Proof Mr. Danny to talk to us about how that principle relates to everything that he does um, with families and those struggling with addiction. Yeah. Well, thank you. And like she said, it is something that we feel strongly about. It's something that has helped mold our life, but it's something that applies to every single person living who's addicted to something and whose life is holding them hostage. It is secrets they are harboring secrets they're holding inside that are keeping them sick i i I share this with a lot of people and have you ever seen the episode you're not big and have you seen lord of the rings we haven't seen them together but no sorry they're they're, lord of the rings is a big you know movie series and there's a character in there called smeagol and he has this precious my precious well when he's hiding his precious and keeping it from everyone. He's ends up high up in these rock cliffs and hostile places hiding. And he actually is all contorted and it changes his appearance, his behavior, even his voice. So he's hiding this precious. Well, when people have a pain inside and, and, and they're suffering from something, it, it, it always begins as a secret. And that secret over time turns into terrible things. That secret over time is what tears somebody down, which removes them from connection to God, with connection to their family, with people at school, different extracurricular activities, and eventually that secret takes control of their life. And it hurts so much that people use other things to take away the pain. So it is our secrets that keep us sick and it, rely, it, it really relates to anything, right? Absolutely. Um, I was just going to say, like, in our our family, you know, we, we said before we have three children. Our oldest is 10 years old. But um, we we have, we're big fans of Colin Kirchner. And um, he was amazing. He had a really big impact on, on the way we're raising our family. And one of his um, amazing things that he left is this safe place. So he recommended that every family have a safe place in their home where their children could feel comfortable to talk about, you know, anything that they wanted to. So we did that. Yeah. We, um, we decided, okay, we're going to, this we actually walked around the house and looked to see what 
yeah, we just were like, okay, where do we want this? And 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 we found this place. It's actually in our bedroom, and it's a it's a couch in our bedroom. A and green we, couch. We told our kids, um, look, this is where you're gonna come. Like, if you ever want to talk, and you don't want to talk in front of anyone else, or you just want to talk to mom or dad, or get something off your chest, and even if you're you, you don't even know why you're upset about it, please just say. I, I need to talk to you in the safe place and, and no, we'll drop everything well, and, and, we, and go. And we laid ground rules, right? Like we explained to them why it was safe that in this spot, they could tell us anything and you know, there, we wouldn't, there wouldn't be any repercussion or that we wouldn't be mad at them. Right. So they didn't have to fear for the outcome. Now, obviously there are circumstances if they're like, Hey dad, can I go to the safe place? I actually hit your truck with a bat or I punched <laughs> your brother in the face. Well, those aren't excusable things in the safe place, but they can tell us things that happen or ways they feel without any consequence or punishment. Yep. And it's been amazing. I've been, I've been completely blown away at, at how the things that have come from that couch, you know, I just, these short but sweet conversations that um, are, are definitely laying the groundwork for a very um, open relationship yeah. where people feel safe even at eight years old to be vulnerable about maybe something tender that hurt or a, a scared feeling. And, and we're, we're letting them know, Hey, let it, this is right here. This is your place. You, you say it. Creating healthy habits at a young age. And a lot of that's just because of what I see day in and day out, hearing the same stories over and over how can I help alter the course of my children's life or maybe protect their futures? That might be the single biggest one. They're going to be exposed to things. Challenges are going to come. Hardships will happen no matter what. But if we can create a healthy pattern at a young age that when they feel a certain way, they can come and talk to us. I have discovered that's the biggest thing I can do for my own children at this point. Now, my wife mentioned Colin Karchner and how much he blessed our life. We never got to know him. We were close. We were about to try to connect and do some things together, but he also gave me an eight second hugs. And I've, maybe you've seen the billboards, something I do with my children. And at first they're like, this is awkward. Why are you holding me so long? Dad, let go. But it's something now that they crave. So, you know, anyone who knew him and cared about him, I, I just want you to know how much that affected our life. But that safe place is something we've started to do now like my wife mentioned, so that our children understand how it works, understand that they feel a certain way. They come talk to us now at their age. Sometimes it's silly, but sometimes they're processing how someone did something to them at school and how it made them feel. So they're learning how to talk about feelings. I, I want to share why this is so relatable and it's, you know, within the last couple of weeks, I've actually had this happen multiple times, but for example, let me just paint a scenario working with two individuals at the same time, young adults in their mid-20s, both suffering from addictions to alcohol, drugs, where, where their behavior and things they're doing are out of control, okay? How did it start? What happened? What got us to that point? Well, just to sum it up in one minute or less, one individual had been was a female who had been sexually molested by a family relative, betrayed her, violated her. Because of that pain and suffering, her secrets that she was holding and not telling other people festered and harbored and eventually manifested itself in 
drinking, smoking, doing other things with people because it took that pain away. Simultaneously, at the same time working with a young man whose life is now at the same point, he's doing the same things as she is to cope and to deal and to subdue those pain, that pain inside. Getting to the root of it with him, getting to know him, having him express to me by actually, we were out on a walk, screaming out loud, I don't get it like everyone else. What do you mean by that? You don't get it. I didn't get the playbook. I didn't get the manual on how to do life like my brother, my dad, everyone else that lives in this freaking neighborhood. His pain started from not feeling like he measured up or he wasn't going to measure up like other people. So here we are, two individuals whose lives came to the same point but started from completely different things. Now, the argument here is that most of the world would look at this young woman who had been violated in such a horrendous way, validate her feelings and say, yes, I understand why it's now unraveled to this point. With a young man, for example, in his situation, the response more typically, oh, knock it off, or you're awesome, or it's okay, like you're so talented and amazing. The reality is both of them had something inside that hurt. They held it as a secret, and what happens over time, that secret festers and turns into something much bigger. Right. It doesn't it doesn't ever go away. It doesn't ever go away. They didn't have an opportunity or a time or an easy way to express how they felt at the beginning. Now, does this solve all the problems of people becoming obese from eating disorders or developing pornography addictions or addictions to drugs and alcohol? No, it doesn't. But it is the single biggest deterrent. It's the single biggest way to be prevented, pre- preventative. <laughs> preventive? What am sure. I trying to say? Correct my, correct, you correct my grammar every time. If we want preventative to help. prevent. Preventative help. Wow. She corrects my grammar all day everywhere. It doesn't matter where we're at. Church. <laughs> she didn't catch me on that one. If you want to prevent the outcome, that's the only way to, to be preventative is to create and harbor an atmosphere in your in your life, however you do it, so that your people in your life that love you feel comfortable talking to you. I think that w- one of the most powerful things, and, and this was a few years ago, Danny had met with someone and he, he came home and, and he said, I, I just can't believe how hard it was for this individual to say the a three-letter word, like something that we should be easy to say. And he couldn't, it, it's taken him years to just be able to get to that point. Do you want, do you want to share? Oh, he said, I'm, I'm sad. Should that be that hard to say? Well, no, and it, it's not to say that a family failed or there wasn't an environment created in that home for them to share that. Cause these things come, the pressures come from everything. They come from social media. They come from status quo. They come from community pressures, school parents, the stigmas of being a man or a woman for many reasons, walls were put in place that prevented this person from just saying, I'm sad. And I think, I think what's beautiful about it is how freeing it is it nothing changed he said it nothing no circumstance actually changed but it was like a weight was just yeah. lifted from saying it out loud to another person that he could tell cared well and the problem was is being sad and not saying it out loud eventually led into 
you know, it leads into depression or anxiety. And then you feel a certain way, but you don't want other people to know. So you're putting on a show, right? Or you're right. You're wearing right. a certain face. You have a mask on. And then what happens is you're lying to yourself and you start living one way when you're around other people. And then you feel a certain way by yourself. But what happens is you just created an unhealthy habit. Right. So that is it. And we could dive into it so deep. Well, I, I would just like to say too, like I have to give props to my husband right now because this is something that is so easy to say, but really difficult to do. And this is something that that Danny really learned how to do in his everyday life when he got sober and and not just sober, but he lived in recovery, right? So he was living what he was taught to do when things came up. And and I actually I have to share a story uh, <laughs> what, what? about about it because uh, when we met and first dated, I, I mentioned I think in episode one, um, he was he was like one year clean when we met and went on our first date. And I we had a great time and we had a lot of fun and we we had gone on like I think two more dates after that. And I was she like, was whooped. <laughs> I was thinking, uh, I have this guy like on a string, man. He loves me. Just kidding. But, um, things were going really well. And then one day he just came to me and, or he called me and said, Hey, um, is there any way that we could, you could like take a longer lunch today? Oh, okay. I, I, know where I, need, you're going. I need to tell you something. And I my, had slept for two nights at that point. Now I know what story you're telling. My heart like sank. Like I, I went into panic mode. Okay, so me and my girlfriends at work, we're literally like going through every worst case scenario, marking down like, okay, what are absolute like, this is deal breaker, right? Like he's married. Okay, <laughs> we are not going to move forward with this relationship. Um, you know, I'm I'm going through, what if he's gay? I'm, he, I just made a great best friend then, but I am devastated that... I, he's not going to marry me. Okay. <laughs> so we're going through all these things. I'm just, I'm just sick. I have a stomach ache. I know I'm not actually going to eat lunch. I'm just going to be devastated. Yeah. I, I was sick too. Meanwhile, we meet, shaking and trembling. <laughs> we meet slept at for California nights. pizza kitchen. And he is like, I got to tell you something. I'm like, go, please do it immediately. He's like, okay, I know that, you know, that I've been through some things and that I had, you know, problems with, you know, some addictions, but I need you to know that like, I actually served time in jail. Like I was incarcerated because of my problem and it got really bad. And I almost died actually. Like I did this and this, and he kind of starts going off and I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. stop right there. It, is that, that it? Well, I thought you were going to run. I, I thought, should I lock the car doors? <laughs> yeah. I'm going, okay. So was that what you were going to tell me? And he's like, yeah. yeah she said, yeah. is that it? And yeah. and I felt really discredited. I, yeah. I mean, I think he thought he was like really hard because he'd been to, you know, jail. But I was like, okay, man. Like, so that's it. Okay. So that's it. You, so it's not that you don't like me or like you're in, in a relationship with someone else. Okay, perfect. So when's our next date? This is the craziest thing. <laughs> Here it was. I, I had built it up so much and she had built it up so much. And it's all because it stemmed from a secret. Right. But like she mentioned, I had learned in order to be healthy, to feel right, 
I had he to had get to it get out. it out of his chest. Like it was within two hours of him making the decision he was going to tell me we were at lunch. And so um, I just I just want to say like he was willing to risk it all because I think, you know, obviously in his mind, he was thinking this is probably my last lunch with this girl and I really actually like her and she's probably going to run, but I have to tell her. And in my mind, I thought this dude is legit. Like he just told me something that he was terrified to like say out loud. And I love him for that. Well, and like the he, he was, just owned it. I was in love and I knew in order for it to be healthy from the beginning, just like I had learned that last year and for my life to be healthy, it required transparency. It required being honest and not holding in secrets, not mincing words, not telling people what they wanted to hear, but just to be fully accountable and to be transparent in, in what, what I was, who I was and where I'd been. And that was a pivotal moment. It was something I learned because I'll tell you prior to that, I suffered from what most men suffer from, which is being insecure, um, worrying about measuring up. And therefore I always told people what they wanted to hear. If I was close, that was good enough. Cause I wasn't lying. I, I just had to make it sound better. You know, whether it's how much I made or what I did for, you know, for a living, everything was just to please what I thought others wanted to hear. So it was an important lesson and it is our secrets that keep us sick. That applies to everything nowadays where it starts. And I'll tell you that's, it's the most common story I have heard over the last year. And it has been on repeat. Our young men and women, for all you parents out there who think this is shocking, developing sex addictions, sexual addictions through pornography at a young age because they're harboring secrets. It starts with something intriguing, interesting, for whatever reason, or maybe they just accidentally ran across it. I don't care. But when something is stimulating to them and they harbor a secret, I had a father who came up and, and asked me a question, you know, that was devastated. They had put all these protective measures in place to protect their home from security threats or cyber threats, right? Like sure. pornography infiltrating their home. They put all these barriers in place uh, um, with their knowledge and, and resources. Um, they were doing everything they were supposed to do. They were living to a spiritual standard. Um, they had a, a home that created a dynamic where people felt safe. And here they were with one of their teenage boys discovering the shocking truth that he'd been looking at pornography. What am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do? This, this poor father was devastated. Well, I don't always have the answers, but I did sit down and I said, what if you did this? And I put my arm around this father and I said, what if you put your arm around him, pull him in tight and tell him, son, it's normal. As a young man to have urges, as to have an interest and to be intrigued by these things, that is how you're, that is a natural reaction for your body. Your mother and I are attracted to one another. Having that conversation, depending on their age of letting them know how normal it is to feel that way, but what it is required to have that healthy relationship, to have an incredible marriage and a love life and a sexual relationship with someone you care about requires discipline therefore you just took the mystique away right you took mm -hmm. the danger the threat away by making them feel like it's okay and it's normal however what we have to do is we have to do this this and this to avoid going down this road but what we did is we just invited them to talk to us about it rather than to shame them 
But the problem is a lot of us make these decisions because we're scared. We don't know how to react. So you got to be prepared in advance about how you're going to react and respond so that when those times happen, you can immediately start healthy habits of talking about it and creating an open environment. Yeah, It's a heavy topic, but we're not perfect. It's things that we've suffered through. Um, Yeah. I I was just going to say, I, to once again, give credit to Danny. I, I have to say he didn't like get through sobriety and we got married and everything was just perfect. I mean, it's been, it's been work and work and work from both of us. And, and he's always been willing to examine himself and, and what he's doing and how it affects us. And when we were first married, I mean, I think it, it had to been within the first year that we were married. Um, I found that he had looked at pornography. Like I saw it on his phone and I was like devastated. I mean, like that was tough. I, I, I was wrecked. I was a wreck and, um, he owned it. I mean, it was tough. It was, she threw it in my face and I think the normal human response is to deny it, to act stupid, to, I don't know what that is. I don't know how it got there. But again, I was desperate to get my life back. I had been broken down to a point where I listened to other people. And so immediately I just did what I had to do, which was to be open and transparent because I knew that if I didn't, and if I came up with some, I used to be really good at it. If I came up with some lie or some way to get out of it and blaming it on something else, it might've bought me some time. It might've saved me from that moment, but I would have, gathered that secret that precious just like Smeagol on Lord of the Rings it would have taken me to a dark place yeah and so I was just I mean it was it was hard and we we definitely faced it but we I think what is so amazing to me when I look at that is just the willingness to say this is wrong and it's it's hurting you but it's also hurting me yeah this is hurting me and I don't want anything in between me and you. And so now we're going to deal with this. So it was tough. I mean, our parents were involved just because, because we were a year married. Yeah, we're close with them. They knew both what we brought to the table. So here I was a grown man, just being accountable to something that's embarrassing and talking about to people, you know, I failed, I had made a mistake and Truly, we could give you many examples, but this pattern happened throughout our life. And it was because of what I went through in recovery and the principles that it taught me that we decided that wasn't going to be part of our life. Now, what's funny is, geez, (laughs) it's obvious I have most of the problems in our marriage, but my wife has watched my behavior and how I've been accountable and how I've worked through things when I failed as as being is honest and, and then humble enough to work through them you know, she's had challenges of her own. You know, I'm not the only one in our marriage that's made mistakes, but, you know, even recently in the last year, she's found herself getting angry with me. You know, when I'm doing things, whether I'm being OCD or controlling or being a crazy person, you know, she'll get, she'll get really mad. And when she gets mad, she's been saying mean things. And, and I'm sorry to just bring this up in the spotlight, but she, she has. And what's interesting is, we talked about it and how quickly she humbled herself and became accountable and said, yeah. Right. Yeah. I think that right there is the key to any meaningful relationship 
what he just described because all of us want want to think that we're perfect or we have it all together or our marriages are perfect or all, all of our relationships are perfect, but they're not. But the ability to self-correct when you are called out on your poor decisions or bad behavior or mistreatment of another person, the ability to humble yourself and self-correct in that moment is the difference between your relationship growing or your relationship going to a darker place or or just just not living with that closeness that you know most people when they get married are are desiring. And so I've always been so grateful to Danny for that. Both of us we have more personal issues than you could shake a stick at, but I know that we're not the only ones that can say that. I I know everyone can say that. Um, But when I talk to my friends, you know, and who have different relationships or, or, you know, have been divorced recently or things like that, it, it, it's interesting to trace it back to this ability for, for each individual person and the relationship to say, you know what, you're right. I, I could be doing some, something better that that's not actually how I want to be or how I want you to feel. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to take it and I'm going to change it. I'm going to work on that. And then it doesn't fester, right? Or even the ability for my husband to say, you know, I know you didn't mean it, but it actually did hurt my feelings when you said that. Most people won't admit that their feelings are hurt. They don't want to because again, it's being vulnerable. And so that openness and, and willingness to say, I don't want anything in between us. My secret is you hurt me. Your secret is you're not great when you're angry. We need to work on that. Um, that allows us to have what we both want, which is a, a real relationship. Real passion, love, intertwined. So, you know, to sum things up today, it, it is a huge topic to us. It's our, keep, our secrets that keep us sick. And it applies in so many levels. Learning that concept early on, was something that helped bless our life to create these healthy habits that we continue to fight and show up and work through it. We don't want a relationship that isn't passionate, that isn't full of all the joys, but it requires healthy habits and patterns to work through those things because we all have them. So if it is your loved one, who's, if you have a person in your life who's harboring secrets, you know, they're doing something wrong and no one knows how to approach them. You better figure it out. You better figure out how to talk to them and approach them because as long as that secret is a secret, it will gain momentum for the wrong reasons. And to your point, that's now your secret, right? That's your secret. Every family that has a loved one still inside their their reach, right? Like if, if they're gone and you don't know where they are, that's different. But everyone who has a loved one suffering from an addiction that's still within their reach, meaning still at their home, sometimes at their home, they also have secrets. Each one of them know things at a different level and they keep it as a secret from one another. This requires you to humble yourself, to reach out and to ask for help. As long as you think, oh, no, 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 not in our family. No, no, no. Close your eyes, put your head and bury your head under the sand. You will live in a dark place and that secret will gain momentum. With both of you. Yeah. If you're someone who is older and you're in a relationship that's functional and you are doing something, you have a pornography addiction, you have an eating disorder, you have a gambling addiction, you are a closet drinker. The sooner that you open up and share that is the sooner your life will begin to heal 
and to become healthy, but we're all terrified of the consequences or the outcome or what could or couldn't happen. But also all of you out there who do not have an addiction, but love someone who do, stop harboring that secret. You've seen things, you've seen behaviors, you've caught them with something, you've seen that baggie, you've seen that bottle, you've wondered, and you turned your eye, you turned your cheek. Stop harboring secrets. It's the only way you can step in at an early point to change the course of this person's life. So that's what we wanted to do. And we could talk about this forever, but that secret right there is the key to having healthy relationships. There are spiritual correlations to this that many of you out there know. If not, there are basic fundamental principles that correlate to this. In order to be healthy and to have a relationship with people you love, you cannot harbor secrets. In order to be healthy and have a relationship with God or however you understand him requires you to not harbor secrets. So harboring secrets does one of two things. It leads to life-altering addictions that become deadly, but it also leads to what we call diarrhea. And we are going to talk to you guys next week. It is honestly one of our favorite topics. And so, which you're going to have to wait in here. Diarrhea, most people don't like to talk about it, but we're going to talk about it. Why people learn to live with it, right? That's right. And so we're going to talk to you guys about that next week. Yeah, tune in and thanks for sticking it out with us. We love you guys.